Because in my mind, I'm like, cannabis is the biggest social justice issue of our times, right? right? Like how many people I know been locked up behind this? Mm -hmm. Like I have- And uh, only this. Yeah, only this, Nonviolent offenses. Yeah, like I've I've literally never done any other type of, you know, like I was a good kid, all this type of stuff, arrested for cannabis multiple times. And everybody I knew and grew up with in Trenton, it was the same thing. We all got busted for weed charges. the lasagna ganja podcast mr x to the z exhibit and your girl tammy aka the cannabis cutie man it has been a crazy holiday season going up into this i personally think uh thanksgiving is fucking kicked off the planet too quickly (laughs) we don't even have a chance to you know it's like the next day christmas is here like full blast trees are up um i don't like christmas i don't like holidays where i have to buy people shit Understood. (laughs) Yeah, I made a deal with my kids. Yeah. What's the one thing you want? Right. Right. You know, so it's like VRs, computers. All right, let's do that. And then let's save all the other stuff that we're going to donate next year. Are your kids' birthdays next to any holidays? Yeah, Mm. both of them. I had my son on Easter and then my daughter, she always, like every five years, her birthday is on Thanksgiving. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So do you save the big gift for which holiday? Birthday or, or Christmas? Um, Christmas. But then like big birthdays also get big gifts. Like What's a big birthday? Like you're a new teenager. My daughter just turned into a teenager. So she got she like got 12 to 13? Yeah, 13. Man. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess teenager. they do want different shit. I guess they do want different shit at yeah. that time. Yeah, their their identity uh, changes. Yeah. I got a 13 year old. I, I get it, you know. You know, I, I, you know, he's in fashion, you know, yeah. like, like expensive clothing, I, mm-hmm. you know, but he's like, he's already taller than me. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he grows too. really quickly. So I was like, yo, this is not going to fit you in like, like a, a week. You know what really? I'm saying? So, but it's like, yo, you know, he's I was like, I was never into fashion. Like even now, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. ah, like I'll still buy my shit from T-Mart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I still, yeah, it, it's different out there. They're trying to. You know, it's a different world. We didn't have social media, mm-hmm. so we kind of all wore what somebody else was wearing. There was, like, regional styles. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's trying to look like a celebrity in seventh grade. Well, we have so, a celebrity here with us today in the world of cannabis. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Who do we have with us today? We have Tahir Johnson mm-hmm. from Trenton, New Jersey here. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jersey in the house. Shout out to Red Man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's going down. Listen, um... We're going to bring him in. We got a lot to talk about. This brother's doing a lot of positive things in cannabis and also on the social background. It's going down. We're going to conversate with him. The Lasagna Ganja podcast right here. Turn it up. It's the Lasagna Ganja podcast, Mr. X to the Z exhibit. Tammy, the cannabis cutie. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend here with us. What's going <laughs> down with good, you, man? Y'all. How y'all doing, man? Man, Thanks for but, me. yeah, thank you for coming on the show. I know we had a brief conversation at MJ BizCon. Um, I really wanted to get, you know, it more in depth with what your mission is and what you're doing. So yeah. I'm glad you joined with us today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Appreciate y'all both, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Ready to get into it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. All right. yeah. Talk to us. Tell us. So uh one of the things that I have seen on the internet, you've got a new store opening up. I do. Yeah. I do. And you powered with 
the one, the only Wanda James, My which girl. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my dispensary is simply pure Trenton, mm. you know, repping with the hoodie today. Yeah. Um, but we should wear, we're shooting the open on MLK day, um, okay. January 15th. So, uh, licensed the brand I'm partnering with, um, like you said, Wanda James. Yeah. She's the first black, um, black owned recreational dispensary in the country, um, out there yeah. in Colorado. So for me, uh, you know, just to be able to work together with her, just get knowledge from her. Um, but then even to carry this legacy, carry the torch of the brand to what we're doing. And, um, you know, we were one of the first uh, Black-owned companies to get our license in New Jersey, too. So okay. just continuing that legacy has been dope. Yeah. And and she serves as a mentor for you as well. Yeah, yeah. So how did that even come? How did that come about? Man, it's crazy. Uh, Facebook. Like okay. I was um, <laughs> the social media, the Internet. Like I used to do this. Um, I used to do like these virtual cannabis seminars. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we would like brought, we would like live stream them on like, you know, different platforms, Facebook and stuff. This is back when I was at I, I used to work for an organization called the National Cannabis Industry Association. Okay. And um, like one day I saw her in the comments. Um, or whatever on the video, and I um, I replied to her comments, and she inboxed me her number. We talked on the phone. This was like years ago. This is like 2020, okay. um, and we just ended up talking on the phone for a couple hours, kicking off a friendship from there. And um, like I, you know, just kicking it with her and her husband a few times over the years and everything. And when it came time to do the dispensary, uh, launching it this way made more sense than wanting yeah. to do it myself because I'm all about trying to build. Uh, like for black folks trying to build, yeah. uh, like build, you know, build culture, build business. So mm. I thought to be able to like expand her brand would, would be doing more for the culture, like for the people than me even starting my own joint. Right. So. Yeah. That's amazing. So is Trenton, New Jersey, the first expansion of it Simply is. Pure? It so is. this would be store number two. This would be store number two. Do you guys have any plans for other stores? Like, are you guys planning on partnering with people in different territories? Or are you guys just kind of focusing on simply pure uh, Trenton and then the one in Colorado? Yeah, well, I mean, I know there's, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely looking at trying to grow the brand, take it outside of here. Jersey's just the start. Um, but I know that Wanda's had conversations with folks in other states, and I've been yeah. a part of some of those. So. Uh, you know, for us to be able to build a multi-state or really um, a, a black-owned brand across the country mm. is a, would be our the goal because something like that doesn't exist right now. Right. So, okay. yeah, that's the goal. Well, tell me about the New Jersey market um, because you've been to stores out here. You've yeah. seen, you know, the kind of process. You go to Colorado, it's like a deli style still yep. in some places. Tell us about the New Jersey market as far as how many stores are there and does it have its own brands in, yep. in state? Like, like how, what, what's the landscape like? Yeah, so Jersey's still pretty new. Like, we, um, it just got legalized April 2021. Mm. Um, and when they opened up the market, it was all the, uh, they opened up the market with the MSOs, that the multi-state operators mm. that were previously medical they let them open up the market first. Mm. So when they first opened up, it was like only like 12 dispensaries. Um, now we're at like 75. Mm. And so... Are they spread out or is it no, concentrated? No, they're, they're kind of, they're all over the place. Um, and my county where I'm at, there's only two that are open right now. Mm. So it's still a, you know, pretty open market. And uh, there's, I mean, right now in terms of cultivators, there's not that many. There's, they're right now the ones that are that are open and on the market, like the cultivators and manufacturers. Most of those are those same big companies, mm -hmm. but there's quite a few folks that are coming online, uh, like independent operators, 
folks transitioning from the legacy market, people that got that fire. Yeah, so I'm yeah, excited yeah. about that. Oh, no, man, that's, some other states, you know, all of that stuff is coming. That's a sweet spot. That's mm-hmm. a sweet spot to be in. Yeah. So, so as far as brands, what are the people gravitating to um, out there? What's one of the bigger brands? Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now, the I, that's crazy because I don't even want to like I'll say like you know what brand I'll say my my home girl Martha she a black woman on brand she just launched her um butter cake a brand of edibles oh, yeah. um, that's fire um my dudes Brendan and Stan they got a joint called Mud Brothers um that's concentrates um you know those are like two um black owned brands that are dope that are out dope. right now like I said I'm really waiting for like more to come out and you know hit the market mm. uh because there's not really a lot of those options right now right now most of what you're buying again nothing wrong with that but mm. most of the most of the stuff that you're buying right now um came from like the larger you know companies the kira leaves the send wellness the columbia cares of the world okay. stuff like mm-hmm. that so, so what do you want to bring to the market you know one of the things that's been part of the simply pure tradition is housing those black owned brands yeah like in colorado i, I would say her dispensary is probably the first one that had that like there's a whole black owned brand section like mm-hmm. in the dispensary and that's just not only like cannabis products but like accessories ancillary yeah. stuff as well so uh, I want to do the same thing at ours, uh, supporting, uh, like having the, the mainstream brands, but like the minority owned, woman owned brands. And then uh, one of the other things that's important is, uh, in addition to like non-cannabis products, we want to have a big area for like merch and different stuff like that too. So on that, I really want to have fly stuff, you know, not just regular like stuff that you see, you know, you go to these cannabis conventions, everybody's giving out little t-shirts and stuff, yeah. but it's not yeah. nothing you would ever really wear. Mm-hmm. So we want to yeah. like try to bring something different and have something fly that people would actually mess with. Yeah, that's dope. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you have done a lot of work politically as well in New Jersey. I have. Yeah. yeah. It's talk, it, yeah, talk to us about yeah, it. Yeah. So, you know, that my, my work in policy and all of that, it actually um, started before New Jersey, uh, before I, um, like, so I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, which is the capital. And um, I went to college at Howard University. Okay. So I went, to, I was living in DC since 01 um, after school. And I was working in finance before cannabis. Fast forward to 2019, my pops had, uh, he got diagnosed with something called fibromyalgia. So he got, um, he had uh, like, you know, it's like he was having to take this different medication, something called prednisone, like all this other mm. stuff. What, yeah, is, what is that? Uh, what Say that again. It's, it's, it was called, the one, the main one I remember that it was called prednisone. prednisone. It was like, it's it was a like steroid. Some, yeah. No, no, I was talking about the actual oh, the yeah, illness. Fibromyalgia. What does that it's do? Like what a, does it affect? Um, it's like a, I want to say it's like, a, like affects like, like his, like he be having like pain, like mm. a lot of different pain, almost like arthritis yeah. type stuff. It's a stuff. chronic pain disorder that yeah. they don't understand what it is or where mm. it's coming from, but it's just a really, uncomfortable disorder and actually Dr. Ethan Russo um, believes it to be an endocannabinoid deficiency disorder. Wow. See, yeah. and that probably could be that probably could be it. Like, and see, I knew you could break it down with the medical but yeah. like when my pops had that, I came to him and I was like, yo, dad, like, because I learned about, like, I remember back when I was at Howard I did this report on medical cannabis and mm-hmm. at the time, you know, it was all Cal- all Cali so mm-hmm. I was reading about that different stuff. So like when I'm, I come to my dad, I'm like,
like, yo, dad, you should try some of this medical cannabis stuff. He's like, son, I've been smoking weed since the 60s, man. Ain't nothing you can tell me about this. And so I'm like, nah, you know, it's all this different stuff now. The, the topicals, tinctures, like, you know, was learning about all of that. RSO, like different stuff like that. Yeah. And so he didn't want to get his medical card. You know, he came from the old school. He yeah, was believing. they gonna come like, kick my door. Yeah, that's yeah. what he thought. He was like, nah, he was like, he was like they just want to make you get his medical card so you be on record. record. Yeah. 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 See, they got you. Yeah. In the so files like, now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, it's like, if you get your medical card, like I'll, like, I'll get it too. And so that's how I even found out, like really started learning and exploring the whole like legal cannabis industry in the first place. I was working part-time at a dispensary um, in Maryland called Medleaf. And I, I ended up quitting my job in finance. Uh, during that time, I found myself at uh, Minority Cannabis Business Association, their lobby day. That's a, or the organization I'm actually a board member of now. But at the time, my homegirl, Shanita Penny, she was the president of the organization. And I didn't know nothing about lobbying, like policy, none of that stuff. Like, yeah. uh, like I, I watched House of Cards. That was really my whole, <laughs> you know, only thing I knew about uh, D.C. Yeah. Um, so when uh, I went to MCBA Lobby Day with Shanita and I showed up and there was a list of like all these different members of Congress that we wanted to try to go talk to during the day. I'm looking at the sheet and I'm like, yo, one of my boys is chief of staff for one of these congressmen. Should I hit him up? And everybody's just turning and looking like, what? You got connects like that? Because I'll say like, I always been like a relationship person. Mm -hmm. Like I, people from childhood all yeah, to professional, important. you know, yeah. keep, in, keep in touch with them, right? It's not, because I'd say the biggest thing I learned, especially from being a financial advisor, a lot of times it's not what you know is who you know. And then really even more than that, who knows you, right? So yeah. always been like a super connector. So long story short, like I, we pull up, um, we're in just walking through the hill and I, we go through the show up at the office at the time. This is one of my childhood friends. He was the chief of staff for Congressman Swalwell. Um, so we walk into the office and I asked for him. I was like, yo, is Michael Reed here? And, you know, they gave me the like, oh, no, he's not here. You can leave your paperwork type thing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I was like, can you tell him Tahir Johnson stopped by? And he heard my voice. So he comes out the back office. He's like, yo, he's good. You know, and again, this is one of like another black man. Right. We ain't yeah. seen each other in a long time. So we we got together and like me being on the scene, like in front of like all the cannabis people, like people from a lot of organizations was there, like NCIA, normal MPP, like all that stuff. So when they saw me moving the way I was. Yeah. I think at the time there, like, you know, again, looking back at 2019, there really weren't any black folks that were like kind of moving like that and doing things like yeah. that. And so my boy Calico Castile, who was the head of marketing at NCIA, he told me that they had a job opening, applied for it and ended up getting it and the, the rest was history. So that's where, where I really started with policy because NCIA is the oldest and largest trade group. It was, we had about 1,500 members across the country. And uh, and so, like, well, we were actively on the Hill. And my goal, I ended up getting a role being the head of diversity there. And so I started becoming part of the conversation about uh, how do we make sure it's social equity, like people of color, again, opportunities to get into the industry. Because the one thing I found is I was going to these different cannabis things, like all across the country, you go there, it'd be like one or two of us, maybe three there. Yeah. So we started building the network and really finding out we're all facing the same stuff, mm -hmm. like ev everywhere, right? It's the same yeah. problems, the same stuff I was hearing y'all talk about in Cali five years ago is the same stuff that everybody's talking yeah. about in Jersey yeah. now. So, yeah. you know, you kind of got, I kind of got that preview from the movie and was able to get game from so many different people. And um, from there, just moving through different organizations, like after NCIA, I went on to a bigger one called the Marijuana Policy Project. 
And then even one called U.S. Cannabis Council, where I pretty much yeah. represented all the largest companies in the country mm. doing the same thing, like trying to help them figure out what their social equity policies were. Um, I was doing different things. Like I partnered with the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, did an internship program. But like my, my big thing was always trying to bridge that gap between like traditional civil rights, social justice and cannabis. Because in my mind, I'm like, cannabis is the biggest social justice issue of our times, right? right? Like how many people I know been locked up behind this? Mm -hmm. Like I have- And uh, only this. Yeah, only this, Nonviolent right? offenses. Yeah, like I've, I've literally never done any other type of, you know, like I'm, I was a good yeah. kid, all this type of stuff. Arrested for cannabis multiple times. I mean, and everybody I knew and grew up with in Trenton was the same thing. We all got busted for weed. It, it, it is a civil rights issue because you went from chattel slavery and it was like, all right, they're free. How can we control them? Convict leasing. Mm -hmm. All right. How can we criminalize them? If you don't have a job, you get, you know, your convict leasing. And now we can let you die. We don't own you. We're not responsible for you. And then it moves into, you know, the we get to Jim Crow eventually. Yeah. And then, you know, OK, that's taken away from us. Now, what can we do? It was mass incarceration. And how can we criminalize everybody? Everybody is using this plant. So it really is a civil rights issue. They're always we can do everything that we want to fight. They're going to figure out how to put new policies in place to replace the ones that you just took away from yeah, them. I mean, so it's not a coincidence that there are black families who have not been able to vote since they've been on this continent because they were enslaved, because of poll taxes, because of literary tests, and because of incarceration. There are bloodlines who have never been able to vote mm. in this country. It is very intentional. It is very well designed. It is very successful. When we say that the, the war on drugs failed to us, for yeah. us, for the people, yes. But for how they developed the system, it was very successful. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. 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 And like you said, I mean, it's a it's a factual thing. Like I said, I'm, I'm the oldest of three. Me and all all of my brothers have all been arrested for weed like, yeah. you know, multiple times. So when you think of that, like I like you said, I know how many of my friends couldn't go to college. Right. Because right. you couldn't get financial aid. Like it's right. those little things like that. You get a record. It makes it hard to get a job. Yeah. Like I was like I was blessed that I was still able to achieve a lot of the things I did, even though I had cannabis charges. Like, like I said, I worked in finance before. Mm. And when I had my, when I got my first job, um, I was at Morgan Stanley um, as an investment advisor. My boss, he he literally, like I got the background check came back and you know, they normally don't even give people like this at that <laughs> job. And he sat me down, he was like, look, he's like, I'm gonna give you this, this opportunity, but this could never, like nothing like this could ever happen again. So he saw something in me and wanted to give me the opportunity and I did. And so like I hustled, like busting my ass there and was like I said, killing, you know, the, the fact having that background in finance, understanding money made a big difference for me in cannabis because- yeah, I was gonna like, ask you about that because yeah. coming from that background and and having that insight first and then going into cannabis, there's a lot of shit shows around here. Yeah. What, what What is a good investment in your eyes for cannabis? Yeah, um, you know, somebody was actually asking me this yesterday. So I'll say, what I what I think are, are better investment opportunities in cannabis right now are private, like private cannabis investments, right? Like the smaller companies. Like if you think about these bigger, like the cannabis that's on the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, long term an investment in those in those companies is like 280E eventually goes away, all that stuff will be profitable. But if you think about like imagine somebody like me that owns one dispensary like in New Jersey, a new market, um, you know, something like that. Making an investment in that 
it's, it's, I mean, it's all mo like, it's, if you have those types of opportunities, it's more likely to be profitable because you don't have all the overhead or the costs, all these other things, the small dispensaries. And if you're in a market, like one of these newer markets that's performing well, um, you know, not a lot of competition yet, you get first mover advantage. So you think about like New Jersey, um, like Maryland, where it's about to, you know, have a new system, Ohio, you know, like new, all the new states, like these new states with, um, you know, a lot of the bigger companies, their strategy is limited markets, right? Mm -hmm. Like places where there's less licenses, less opportunities. And I think we could do the same thing, make the same type of plays. So investing yeah. in like building our own companies that could do that, I think that's how we win. So like, I want to like, you know, like be able to build, like I said, little by little, get these licenses in other states, and just take advantage of these other opportunities and build it because like the 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 foresight from the finance I think is what really how I first looked at the industry if I go all the way back then uh I actually read about reading about my homegirl Hope Wiseman um who I think y'all y'all met too um was one of the first inspirations for me because she was an investment banker so like I I've had that like had that kind of inspiration and then when I was seeing a lot of the different people that were executives at these companies, they had like credentials and backgrounds like me. Now I didn't have the money like them, but <laughs> you know, I know something about yeah. the money yeah. and um, being able to have the confidence to like talk to people, even talking to an investor, right? You look somebody in the, in the eye and say, you need a million dollars and say yeah. straight face more than like, hey, let me get it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a difference, right? right. So like no, knowing your numbers, knowing your books, like, I mean, knowing how, knowing your business, all that stuff made a difference. So my background in investments, uh, I think was helpful there. But also I think from the beginning, the way I always wanted to approach it was not looking at it, like not looking at the industry just for me. I always wanted to figure out how to take my skill that I have and have it be for, you know, for our community. Like how do we, how do we make sure that we can provide access to capital? Cause that's really mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Like if you think about it, people from our, like it costs at a minimum, you're going to say a million dollars to open a dispensary or whatever. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Now, if you don't, you don't got it, nobody in your family got it. Right. Like you don't have the personal wealth, where else are you going to get it from? Cannabis is federally illegal. You can't go to the bank and get right. a business loan like any other business. Exactly. So you, you're dealing with venture capital, private equity, wealthy investors, and most black folks are minorities, like Latino folks. We don't have nobody like that in our network. And then even when you do get in front of those people, like uh, these people are sharks. Like yeah. they, they be going hard. Like uh, a lot of people trying to figure out how to like take it from you. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're absolutely going to um, take so it So just from being you. able to like understand that and mm -hmm. know like a yeah. good deal and like all of those things is, is critical, man. Yeah. You put it nicely. And that, that was the did. clinical, that was the clinical version. Man, they're sharks. They're yeah, out here stealing companies but, uh, through operating yeah. agreements. Yeah. There's yeah. some landmines here. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And and having your background, I'm pretty sure you were able to bypass a lot of those landmines, even though, you know, nobody's ride is perfect, nah, but it, it had me. to have helped. And, yeah. I, and like, it, it definitely helped. And I'll say, I took some, I took some L's and like learned some lessons and, and did things that I would have done differently. Mm. Um, like for me, one, I think the, from a budget standpoint, like this cost, this ended up costing a lot more to do than I thought it was going mm -hmm. to. Tell so, me about so it. So like starting, starting at that, like alone, I think is one. And then, um, I think one of the things I learned a lot about people, like I like 
I tend to like trust people and like I own like I, I'm very given kind of like family. Mm -hmm. But what I found is that most of the people in this, a lot of people are out for a dollar for themselves. <laughs> and so the first opportunity they got to like screw you over, oh yeah, they immediately do it. Like and not even for that much. Like yeah, if you like you want like for this, like so yeah. I think I've learned the way that you really have to move and like I mean the contract stuff and like, you know, for me having a good like legal team um, and now that I had, like I my I have other like uh, people on my team that have now joined that have all different types of expertise. So that's, yeah. that's been a game changer too. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. important. Have yeah. people smarter than you. Yeah. That is so important. Do you yeah. hire, uh, <laughs> do you hire friends and relatives? <laughs> um, you know what? No, um, because like, most of my like and this is this has been I think a difficult part like being back home yeah. uh like because like my family's all around mm. but um I don't I feel like I've learned and like watched other people's situations and I don't ever like want to have that. So I want to, I, I figure out how to incorporate my family, but I like, I don't want to be in a position because like, I know how like my standards are like mm. if I'm running. A, so I don't want to be like having them expectations of them. Cause it's like you being late, like, you know, not doing shit <laughs> yeah. right. You my brother, I mean, you know, yeah. my, the way my brothers are there, I can like, I can't, if I try to tell them I'm late, you probably tell me. So like, you know, end up a fight and argument. Me, so it's like, you no, know, it's, so, it's, I, it's, I was going to say what he probably would have said, no, but I would have said on this show. It's subordination. Yeah, right. No, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Listen, the brother shit stopped at the door, played war. Yeah. You are late, my yeah. nigga. Yeah, so it's like, I don't ever want to be in that situation. Yeah. And then like, you know, uh, like I said, I would rather try to figure out how I can like put them on and like what they want to do and support yeah. that. Um, but, but it's hard, man. You know, it, and we had this conversation a lot. You know, yeah. everybody has has a different perspective on it. Yeah. For me, it's it's always come back to bite me in the ass. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and I love my friends. I love my family. I just don't think that you're right. That relationship has to change and shift. And if they're not mature enough to ex respect that shift all the time, mm -hmm. not when it's convenient, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Then it turns into something right. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it really is the maturity level. Right. Because you see a lot of cultures go into nothing, go into business with nothing but family. Right. And right. it works. Right. So it really comes down to like when we walk through these doors, you cannot take personal what I'm about to say. Right. Like, exactly. I'm not coming at you, my relative, my love. Why do we even have to explain that? <laughs> yeah. Maturity, like, you, I guess. I know, but come on, guys. Yeah, it like, should be understood. But you it know, our culture, be. a lot of us haven't been in this type of situation before, right? right? right. That's what I think about. Like, I, I'll never forget, like, and this was the perspective that I had from, like, working at places like Morgan Stanley. Mm. This dude, he was, like, a top advisor in the country, but his, so was his dad, right? So he would be like, yo, when I was a kid, like I would come to my, with my dad to meetings, I would go with him to see his accountant, like, you know, knew all this. My parents have no accountant, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Our people don't have that type of stuff. So when you had that type of foundation, I think it makes a big difference. So, and plus we're also, I mean, a lot of times coming from a place of scarcity. Mm. So if one person gets something, like everybody be like trying to figure yeah. out how you get something. It's it's yeah. complicated. I mean, I tried to consult for a friend's company multiple mm -hmm. times and they just like questions that I have to ask as a consultant. I'm not trying to dig in your business to clown you. Yeah. Like when I give you the projections based on what's happening right now, I'm not shitting on your yeah. strategy. I'm just showing you this is the facts. Like if you continue this way, 
this is going to be how long this happens until this happens or X happens or until you break even. And it's like, they take it so personal. And I'm like, Ooh. I'm just showing you like no, your before picture. I have to show you where you are. So then mm-hmm. I can create a new strategy to sh- and then show you the benchmark of like, this is what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're doing now. Like, but I feel like when I'm doing that for a company, they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like it's invasive. It's uncomfortable. But when it's family, they're like, why you got to say that? Yeah. And why you <laughs> why you gotta say it like that it's like yeah. i was just saying a yeah. fact so yeah. yeah i think it's too it gets too personal yeah. it's just i don't know i don't think there's any way around it yeah and i'll say like on the like the friend thing it's like you know i'll say like people that i'm like professional friends with right like yeah. all the people that because like i wanted I, all the people that are working with me now are people who i've seen them like or like worked with them or like knew their yeah. work so like we're friends like we know each other in the past but it's yeah. not like you know the homie who I'm going kicking it yeah like, yeah so the, the like balance that. there is to not become friends outside of work but again it's friend, still professional right I got so best I, I work think, friends yeah, yeah. so I think that that works right because again we're all here for a reason trying to achieve a goal and you know you know you, I mean you know what they're bringing to the table and Correct. so you got you have from the beginning you have those expectations mm-hmm. if I hired you because you're an attorney Right, like I'm, I'm exp- you expecting you to be attorney and not Correct. like you know it's Correct. not because you're the homie type. So I don't hire the homies. We're just good at being homies. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. let's just leave it there. But yeah. you know, I found it be able to keep my relationships kind of in order like that. Yeah, you know, man, I imagine you probably have had to know had to deal with that. I was listening to the, the I was watching the Jay Z conversation. He was like, you know, that somebody at Thanksgiving asked you for forty eight hundred dollars or something, and it was yeah. like, and he was like, I was like, dang, hope way give his cousin forty eight hundred. But then I, again, if everybody's asking, it's not the dollar like, amount. Yeah, right. it's not the dollar. Yeah, you know, I'm glad we got into this because you know I've. I've had my issues with that. And it always comes down to some type of entitlement after yeah. a while, mm-hmm. right? Good, bad, or indifferent. But, you know, if you have somebody in your life that may have had a financial windfall, that has some type of, you know, profession that pays them a lot of money, here's a bit of advice. They get your request, 75 other motherfuckers' requests, <laughs> All in the same day. Yeah. So it's not just you asking. And they may not say necessarily it's just you, but these requests come from multiple places, multiple right. sources. And I personally feel like, let me give it to you out of my out of the goodness of my heart. Don't ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, let me give it to you because you probably probably going to bless you with more than you actually going to ask for in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that is the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like people want to do good and people want to actually help other people, but let it come from them. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Don't 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 count other motherfuckers yeah. shit and be like I need that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So does he. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he need it for something else. Yeah. yeah, that's you know that's one thing I try to do like what I've learned in the business, a lot of times, like I, I mean, I, I don't take favors from yeah, people because yeah. a lot of times people would be like, "Yo, I could do this for you," but I don't even want that. I'd be like, "Nah, mm-hmm. how much it costs?" Because I don't want anybody coming back later to be like, "Remember, I did this for you." And feel like yeah. I owe anybody nothing. Like you know, it's, it's you, you just got to give, you got to take. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you may have the resources to give, do it. You know what I'm saying? But but it not not freely. 
you got to pick and choose those relationships and mm -hmm. make sure that yeah. it's not that you're like looking for, so, oh, I need to get something out of this. But if you believe in somebody's mission and you believe that you can actually help them go forward yeah. and it's not costing you an arm and a leg to do it or whatever, it, you can actually get it done, get it done. There's not many yeah. of them. So. And, and yeah. like if you could yeah. invest, and then again, what would be better than like if it's a friend or family member to actually invest in their business and help them nah, out and all happen. that stuff maybe. <laughs> if it's a good one. That ain't gonna but, happen. I mean, like I said, I, you know, in this cannabis <laughs> thing already, man, like I've been burned from helping friends already. Man, come man, on, yeah. dude. You know? yeah. So. Man, I see the see the skid marks from the shit I've been through. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody say, That's a good you one. know, success is like having a baby. You know, it's, everybody says congratulations, but nobody knows how many times you got fucked. Man, because this, this shit is hard. Like you think to get to this, to get to this far, man. Like I, it's been a hard. It's been a lot of struggles, like sacrifices. Yeah. 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 But I feel it's worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, um, I wouldn't, wouldn't take it back. Yeah, yeah, I feel it's worth it. I feel like um, this is going to be a, a, a point in time that's going to be looked back on. It's going to be, you know, in the history books. We're on the forefront of that. You know, I think it's going to be dope to be able to, you know, put a stamp somewhere in there, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah, I definitely yeah. think about that. Like, you know, with us being so early on in this, uh, like, what is the, like you said, what, how will they read about this in the mm -hmm. future? And like, yeah. every little thing we do could impact that and be writing that story. So yeah. I'm always trying to be cognizant of like the time. It's like right. living in a movie for real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else they gonna legalize? Ah, yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They sit down at Venice Beach, it's going up already. Oh, right. I'm sure. Like, that's yeah. that's our red light our district, producer, I think. Our producer, yeah. uh, Just missing said a couple it. things. Yeah. yeah, they said it's out there like free market, like going down. Like, do we want a bunch of people on mushrooms at Venice Beach? Yes. <laughs> do we want that? I feel like they already are. Or crack, I mean. They're yeah. already on crack down there. I'd rather have the mushrooms yeah, than the crack. Mushrooms well, if, according to you, crack is like a fucking soccer mom drug now. Absolutely so. not. So that's just, no, that's not. a weak shit. You know it what I'm saying? Like, it what? is a model drug. It's what? like models? models do crack so that they won't be Man. hungry. Wow. And they stay skinny. I learned this. No way. I learned this from a New Yorker friend of mine. Dang. I was shocked. Crack? So they don't make it Yeah, no, crack is more, a no. middle class drug. It's like a white middle class drug. Crack. Not I cocaine. still can't crack. get over that. Crack. It's cheaper than coke. It's dead. Yeah. Hey, yo, if a model walking <laughs> anywhere I am smelling like rock cocaine, <laughs> I bitch. <laughs> yeah. What That's are you doing? Good, man. That's it's not, not that serious. That's not good. I promise you. I was shot. I was shook. I was shook. Mm. I don't want to do crack at all, but you I know, crack has a smell. You know I, what bet, that shit? I bet. I don't like, whoa, daddy, uh, <laughs> you know. I don't want to know. I smell what it Chanel like. number five in free banks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's what a crazy the fragrance. Fuck? <laughs> Yeah, like what are they modeling? Hey, man. I mean, you know, it's it's competitive out in New York. You got mm. Fashion Week. It's like yeah. all the beautiful girls are in New York or in LA. So yeah. you, smelling like rocks. I don't know what it's like to be a skinny white girl. I just feel like it's so hard. Damn. Yeah. Well, I, hopefully, there's other alternatives out there. You know. Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> You gotta do something. I was shook. I was like, this is what, you gotta do crack to stay thin. Damn. Like, oh my yeah, gosh. I can't even imagine somebody saying, like telling you telling another person that with a straight face like be I don't like, know, but I like the I like the drugs that make me hungry, like weed. Like yeah. give me that. I want that. 
I want that. I want to go. Hey, I'm with it. Hell yeah. But, What's next for um the dispensaries, brother? Yeah, man. So in in Jersey, you know, trying to keep growing there, mm. uh, we want to apply for other licenses. I you just have cultivation. I just submitted an application for cultivation. That. So that's um that's next. Hopefully, I had the approval on that soon. Uh, want to do delivery too. Mm. Uh, so cultivation and delivery, those are the other two we're allowed to have in Jersey. Mm. Right. Excuse me. So I want to go for those. Um, looking at other states now, I actually just got done submitting my application in Maryland before I came came on here. Wow. I applied for a dispensary there and a micro cultivation. So hopefully um, I'll get that. So you're that. doing everything like boots on the ground. Yeah, like man. you just you and your how many how many people do you think you got on the team? Um so now, um, in addition to myself, I just bought on my COO, um, Tiffany um, McBride. She's dope. She just came over from the parent company. So she mm, was nice. working for Hove before. Um, my CFO, Deidre um, Barksdale, she's super dope. Um, she was the CFO of the Congressional Black Caucus before. She was the CFO of the United Negro College Fund, so mm. she like knows money. Um, my head of HR, Lynette, um, she was the head of HR at Kiraleaf, which was um, like the largest cannabis company in the world, and she was employee number three. So when she left there, they had 6,000 employees, so she helped wow. to scale them from three to 6,000. Wow. So like... Um, you know, she's on my team and then my marketing manager, Fresh, um, he just came from Kira Leaf too. Mm -hmm. um, and he's so, I, you know, I'm trying to put together a team of like strong people so that we could really like take over the game, man. So Dope. right now, I've just got four other people, mm. um, but like four people that are like, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Beast, yeah, like yeah. in their, like yeah, in their category. Everybody's doing so. their job. Yeah. yeah. And like, so like our, actually MJ Biz was like our first time all being together as a team. Mm. Um, Cause DJ and Lynette have been rocking with me for a couple months now, but Fresh and Tiff just both started uh, like two weeks ago. So mm. it, it was great being out there. We were rocking out. And so, <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah, having a good, being able to have other people help you with stuff. Is a is like amazing. It's yeah, a game. you can't yeah, do it alone, it man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, gotta, you gotta have good people around. Yeah. Absolutely. As before, no. I was trying to figure out how I get more hours in a day. Because, yeah. No, yeah. that is yeah. such a, a losing strategy. <laughs> like yeah. people ask me all the time how I do it all. It's like I have great people around me. Mm. There's no way I'm doing all of this by myself yeah. and <laughs> raising children and being talent. Like I'm not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, there's really good people who are really good at what they do, and I'm they're a part of the team. Yeah, and no, that's how that works. It's a blessing to feel that because yeah. before my answer would be like, somebody would make a joke and be like, how do you do all this? You must not sleep. And I'd be like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then no. even like you said, that sacrifice of kids, like because like I have um, three daughters and oh, they're wow. all still um, down in D.C. where mm. uh, where I was living. And, um, you know, like I, I'm back home in Jersey and I'm, I go there on the weekends as much as I can. Yeah. But it's definitely a sacrifice not getting to mm -hmm. see them every day because I was a yeah. present dad. Like I was with them, every, you know, every right. day um, or, you know, most days. So yeah. like even making this change and being away from them has been different. Yeah. So yeah. it's a sacrifice, you know, we got to make yeah. it to make it, take it back for the fan. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I've learned is that if you don't make the time or take the time, you'll never get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I I I now kind of shift, you know, things that I know I have to do and put prioritize them, but then the things I want to do, you got to rest as hard as you work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to you got to give you a chance, yeah. give yourself a chance to recharge. So often we run we run ourselves in the ground in lieu of this is, you, you know, I'm getting shit done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at what expense? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, me and Tammy have been going back and forth. I've been, you know, kind of 
focusing on health. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When he got my check engine lights looked yeah. at, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> made all made sure all my shit was looking good because, you know, time is our biggest asset. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, um trying to be more present. Yeah. You know, I, I feel that. That's real, man. Mm-hmm. Like so that's that's my biggest goal. I'm I'm excited for the day. Uh like when hopefully at least I I know that the dispensary open is really just a starting line, not a finish line, but I'm at least uh, hoping to check this box so I can maybe take some time back and you know give back to them. Mm. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. the kids mm-hmm. are important. I I made the choice like I could easily go after my career and kill it and be traveling and doing so much, but my kids, I had a mom that was busy working. She didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like she had to work. She was a single mom, and. I have the choice to pick up my kids from school and drop them off. And that means so much mm-hmm. to them. And mm-hmm. I know it does. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like still a full-time parent and mm-hmm. full-time career person. And I agree with you. Like you have rest. I've learned to now schedule it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not doing anything on this day. And it's not like, oh, I've earned it. It's like my body can't handle this yeah, yeah. seven days in a row. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting sick now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like I've gotten to the point of in my life where I'm getting sick. So mm-hmm. I can't be on this hustle grind mentality. No. Like whoever started that, honestly, fuck you. <laughs> like, we have so many sick and stressed out people like Rest is it's yeah. godly, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, that saying you can rest when you're dead, uh, a grind, a grindstone. Yeah, all of these terms aren't positive terms. Negative, you know toxic see, AF. Yeah, you know you you got to be able to um, balance, and yeah. I, I think that's everybody's balance is different. Yeah. You know, everybody's goals are different. Yeah. Um, but one thing remains is that we physically are affected by our choices. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, and and you know, some wrong decisions may even stop you from reaching your goals, even though it may be attainable. Yeah. So you know, I, I I've 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 started trying to look for that balance because mm-hmm. I used to just pound the mountain, John Henry, pound the mountain. You know, like fuck it. If somebody dropped the ball, fuck it. I do that too. I pound yeah. the mountain and carry the bucket, and you know what I'm saying. Hop <laughs> yeah. around and I, there's no way that something's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, the beauty That's of real. this cannabis plant is it promotes homeostasis, which is just a fancy science word for balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you smoke the right thing, you going it's going to put you down anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Cat Williams said it best. Fuck that goddamn life, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, brother, man, how do they get in touch with you? Man, yo, so everybody, um, the you can find the dispensary, www.simplypuretrenton.com. Mm. Uh, you can follow me everywhere, Todd Diddy. Um, and then the Simply Pure, we're on all the platforms, IG, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and looking forward to connecting with y'all. Pull up on us in Jersey, uh, yeah. January 15th. That's going to be Let's the day. Go. And, um, you know, I'm, man, I'm loving Cali, man. Hey, I'm yeah. trying to get back out here. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> it's here it's for full, you, though. man. It's Everybody full. else goes. Cool. Cool. Yeah, not in the weed <laughs> business. Now, I'm not messing with the Cali weed. Yeah. Business. Just, 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 the, just the weather. The women the weed and weather. Yeah. Come yeah. on, you already know. W's, that's you it. already know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yo, man. Um, so another great episode. Thank you for joining us, brother. Appreciate y'all. Thanks uh, for you can always me. find us at dcpofficial.com. Yeah. And uh <laughs> it is the lasagna ganja podcast. You see, I, I, you I'm, did getting it, yeah. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Yo, it's the lasagna ganja podcast. Let's go.
Lasagna Ganja podcast wherever podcasts are streamed. And check out our separate feed with video episodes. Available on Spotify and YouTube. For more information, visit dcpofficial.com.